0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. It's also the campus of Nicolet Bible Institute, which is a one-year Bible college program that gets you set up for life. And I reason the reason I say set up for life is, is anybody can do it. It's, it's really just setting a biblical foundation so that you have a launch pad to serve God in whatever vocation or decision that you end up doing in life. And so uh, we enjoy it. We have anywhere between, you know usually, I don't know, 18 to 30 students. Um, but it's a great way to come and, and not only experience a smaller setting and, and build relationships with the other students, but you also build relationships with the professors, the staff here at camp. and It's a lot of fun. So right. I encourage you to check it out. Head over to NicolayBibleInstitute.org, and you can look at the, the classes, the program, and everything in between. And uh, it's it's great.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I the fun thing about Nicolay Bible Institute to me is The times we're in are so uncertain that you do not know what you're preparing for for the future right now. Yeah, One of the things I love to tell young people is please don't go into an enormous amount of debt yet. Hmm. You don't know where the economy's going, you don't know where the country's going. You do not want to end up with a tremendous debt to start your life. Yeah, So just put that on pause a little bit. if you need to get a four year degree for what you think God's calling you to do, I guess you need to. If you're gonna be a certified teacher, I understand you gotta get licensed. Yeah. Okay, so I understand that. Just make sure that you need to do that.
0: Right. And and maybe you challenge yourself and be willing to do outside the box methods. You right. know, whether you need to start at a community college or start at Nicolay Bible Institute, you know, because nice thing about even Nicolay Bible Institute is our credits transfer over. Right. And so you could do your first year for a lot cheaper than necessarily the four-year institution. And so, you know, I would, I would fully agree with you. It's, it's so hard to hear when students finish up school and they go into trying to find whatever vocation or job that they have and, and they're carrying $100,000 in debt, yeah. you know. Uh, it's just yep. not something that gets excited about, you know no. what I'm saying? And so then it causes those people then to go in a totally different field of what they studied because the field that they want to go in doesn't offer enough support to – start life and pay off debt.
1: Right. And believe it or not, your your plans get altered in life. Absolutely. So what happens, I was actually, we, you know, we actually are the Bible Nicolay Bible Institute can teach the Bible for somebody that wants to go through a program in Michigan to become a missionary pilot. Okay. So to support the missionaries on the foreign field, Nicolay Bible Institute is a year of Bible that you can take and if you're going to be flying airplanes for a mission. Absolutely. They want you to have taken a year of Bible. So yep. Nicolay Bible Institute does that. And we partner with this school in Michigan. By partner I mean we've sent people up there. We don't partner, they don't do anything necessarily control anything here. We don't control anything there. They're the airplane people and we're the Bible people. So yep. you know, we don't do anything with the airplane. But um, what's what's really great about that is in researching early years on that. I found that many people wanted to be missionary pilots and they started out on a track to be a missionary pilot but they got into such debt. Mm. Then they got married. Yep. Then they had kids. And they were in debt. Yeah. They never got to the field. Yep. Because they ended up flying for an airline developing a lifestyle getting to the point where now the mission field was a nice idea but maybe someday. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you have a passion for something, be careful that it doesn't get ripped away from you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't do things in life that'll make it impossible for you to achieve that. And I love the Nicole Bible Institute. Obviously, I'm here because what it does, it prepares you for life far better than just going to a school that would prepare you with a certificate to say you're qualified to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, now... I do want people who are going to be doctors to go through medical school. I want pilots to know how to fly. Teachers should know how to teach. I understand all that. Yeah. And you need to figure that out how that's going to happen down the road if those are the areas you're going to go in. But for life, you need to be able to understand that you need to be a servant. You need to know the Bible. You need to, to have relationships that are solid. And the Nikolai Bible Institute focuses on that. So I wanna encourage you to, to think about uh, those things. Uh, the other day I was talking to the students actually in one of my classes and I asked them, you know, do you realize the expenses you're gonna run into when you get out of college? Hmm. And they also, yeah, you yeah, know, it'll be expensive. Well, think about this. I think about what it, you know, what's the average cost for a car. Yeah. Think about if you came out of, high, of college and you had $100,000 debt, which is not that unusual, Think about needing a car now, I, I don't know. You can go out there and average whatever. You know, I don't know what to say on the price. And I tell them a real low one, like you can get a brand-new car for 15000 or something, probably a Yugo or something. I have no idea. A Yugo? A y- they don't make those anymore.
0: Uh, I have never heard of a Yugo. Yeah, so
1: maybe they're antiques, and it would be a lot more expensive. <laughs> 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 um, but you go through it, and you say, okay, you know what? So you start your life. You need a phone. You, you end up getting internet connection. You, you end up needing a house. So, you know, I just saw that the rent in one of the areas that people come up here from for a single bedroom house is 1000 a month.
0: Wow, that's crazy. And now, I say that's crazy. But yeah. you might be living down in like the city yeah, of Chicago I know. It, and it, you, you might be, be saying like, wow, that's cheap. But yeah. for our neck of the woods, that's insane.
1: Yeah, for Wisconsin, that, to me, that's expensive. Yeah. So you have, okay, so now you have 12000 a year that just goes for rent. Wow. You have $100,000 debt that you got to pay on. Mm-hmm. You probably borrowed the money for your car.
2: Yep.
1: I said, now you've got to get a phone, the internet connection, and you got to buy food and gas. And gas. You got to do all this. And, and then clothing. you're thinking, I would like to go on a vacation someday. Like, really? Yeah. Do you realize that this is not an endless supply of money? Mm-hmm. So, in in the long run, it's really wise for you to look at that on the front side and say, I realize one day I'll graduate. I really would like to graduate with as little debt, if possible, no debt, Mm -hmm. and figure out how I can get to where God wants me without necessarily going into such huge debt that I can't do it down the road. Mm -hmm. I know that that sounds like um, advice from an old guy, Yeah, and it is because there's too many people who have been destroyed. Today's point, if you've been listening, I'm going through 10 points that I think business people have uh, talked to me through the years about. And uh, one of the things that young people talk to me about is how to make a decision for what I actually do in the future. Yeah. You know, is God's will, you know, so clear that you just know what to do? Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't know. But here's what I do know, that there are some things in life that come your way that you look at and you go, I wonder if I should do that? Mm-hmm. And then you pause and you think, oh, the cost for doing that, whatever it is. Yeah. Here's my suggestion to you. If you think when you're 60 years old, you're gonna look back on that moment and regret that you didn't try, mm. do it. Yeah. If you're going to, you think, when you're 60 years old, look back and think, no, that was really dumb. I shouldn't have done it in the first place. Don't do it. Absolutely. It, and sometimes that's all you have to do. It, the rule is, don't have any regrets in life. Don't don't live your life wishing that you would have tried something. Yeah. Um, because if you do that, you, there's all kinds of stuff that
0: won't get done. You don't wanna end up doing the shoulda, coulda, woulda.
1: No, it, it, life isn't fun that way. Mm-hmm. Now, you, actually, you, know, you have three boys. You can train them in this. You know I mean? You, you can ask those questions about, you know, are you gonna wish you woulda done that? Mm-hmm. And talk them through it. And they'll, you know, there's always risk involved to everything. Mm-hmm. So if risk or fear is gonna stop you from doing something, you're not gonna do anything you got to assess it and say, here's what I'm going to have regrets on. here's what I'm not going to have regrets on. I remember, I'm, I'm so thankful for my father, and we've talked about that before, about how you know, I could fail. In fact, that was a normal part of learning. Mm-hmm. Good. The regret would come if you didn't try. Yeah. And if you did fail, big deal. Uh, people say, what? So you lost money. So you're, you know, you're not a millionaire by the time you're 30. Mm-hmm. Start over, go another direction. But when you look back on that moment, you're never going to say, "I wish I would have,"
2: mm-hmm.
1: because you did, and you're going to be able to look back and say, "That didn't work," mm-hmm. and you feel good about where you're at now in life. Yeah. Um, now, in in my life, I look back and I think, you know, I played football in college, played a year of hockey. I um, I was a swimmer in high school and some football in high school. And, played hockey somewhat in high school and, you know, I have no regrets trying those sports, none. Now I'm limping a little bit and I have other things and I look back on it and every once in a while I'll be talking with my wife and she'll, uh, years ago, not so much anymore because she knows the answer, but it's like, would you do it the same in a minute? Yeah. Yeah, but look at you now, I know. I would still do it. Mm -hmm. Why, because I have no regrets right now. I tried. Yeah. I tried to do it, I'm okay. I'm not a professional football player. Um, I don't even claim that I would have been. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm not, I, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't big enough, I wasn't fast enough. You know. So I understand that, but I tried.
0: Right, and not only that, you also gained even relationships through it. Yes. That have lasted the whole time, and so that, that, there's so many parts of a decision, I think, that plays into it too, and so I think it's great when you think about a decision it's like all right will i regret this or will i not you know yeah.
1: and and you know honestly there might be times you don't really know that's when you start gathering other people who have been through it and say what did right. you think
0: absolutely and that's a biblical thing to do yeah. you know is ask people within you know the community of believers and say hey you know what i can go either way on this what are your, what are your thoughts yeah. you know and that's that's another way you can make decisions you know yeah. because if people that are around you that are close to you that love you and that know you if there's red flags, they'll let you know, yep. you know. And if they say, you know what, you know, we think that you can go either way, then you just take a step of faith and say, yep. all right, God, I'm going to take the step of faith and live with no regrets. Don't, don't regret making the other decision say, this is the decision I made yep. and, and run with it.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you look at life like that, I mean, you can look at it and say, you know, I want to be safe. Right. But then you're not really going to do anything. And here's, here's what you got to keep thinking. You can't allow fear to rule you Right. But there is legitimate fear that stops you from things. Mm -hmm. So you need to know the difference between fake fear and legitimate fear. Right. So if I'm walking on a trail and I see a, uh, and I have before, out west, walking on a trail, I see a rattlesnake all coiled up.
0: Yep. Fear. Yes. Healthy fear. I am
1: not going to walk by it. Right. Okay. That's a healthy fear. Understand, don't be, oh, it could, I, I could probably last that out. <laughs> you know, if I were with you, I'd tackle you. Yeah. You know, saying, we don't do that. Right. I remember uh, we used to, my, you knew my father-in-law, and we were out rafting out west, and we had a portage over one of the uh, rapids. And so we're going around, and sure enough, man, he was leading in right over a rattler. I mean, right over a coiled rattler. Oh, wow. You didn't see it. Yeah. And he heard it, and looked down, and saw it, and all of a sudden, I've never seen him jump so high in my life. Wow. And, and instead of, you know, I, I roared. It was hilarious. Called it the dock dance. You know what I mean, <laughs> man. Uh, the, the rattler did not strike him, but I never wow. saw anyone the, his age jump that high. Yep. Uh, the adrenaline got him, and he understood the danger. Yeah. Look, there are some fears you should have.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, when we rafted those rivers, you know, you would talk to the experts. Yeah, and you'd find out. Do this. Don't do this. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. Well, this stuff they said don't worry about was pretty scary. Yeah, you know, we would go and and if you rafted out the Colorado or you uh, Middle Fork of the Salmon or something like that, you're you're taking these rafts and you're going down into these holes. Mm-hmm. You're looking straight down. Yeah, with rushing water everywhere. Yep, and you're thinking, I'm not coming out. And then you pop right out. Yeah. And before you go in it, the guy says, okay, hang on this way, don't worry about it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> what you do is you trust the one who is the guide. Yeah. The guy knows the river. They actually know, you know what amazed me? They know it well enough where they know when the, the dams have been open and shut, so they know the height of the river and when it's gonna be good rapids, and when it's not gonna be, and what sandbars they can stop on and sleep on overnight. Oh, wow. Because the water isn't going to cover them until eight in the morning? Mm-hmm. That's amazing to me. Wow. You don't do this thing on your own. You should be fearful if you don't know the schedule of how the dams open and shut and how the water goes up and down. You shouldn't do wow. that. Now, with them, I had no fear. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I enjoyed it totally because of the fact that somebody knew what they were doing and the fearful part was no longer fearful because I was listening. Mm -hmm. That's all. So I'm not saying never have fear. I'm saying be careful with your fear if it's guiding. You're saying, I don't know if I could ever do that because I won't make enough money. Then I would suggest you're allowing money to be your God. That's Mm -hmm. all I'm suggesting. Yeah, And you need to go back and think about it because then are you gonna, the rest of your life, prostitute yourself for money? Is that what you're gonna do? You're gonna Mm -hmm. say, if that gives me money, I'll do it. You'll be away from your family. You could be away from people. You've already set the pattern that money is the only thing that matters. Yeah. Don't make money the only thing that matters. I would fear that Yeah, because our society does it. But I would, I would make the purpose that God put in your heart the most important thing that you do. Yeah. And I um, think, oh, okay. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I, th- I think if you can live with no regrets, if you can understand the process that goes through of having legitimate fear but not other fear... How would you teach your kids? Again, uh, if you haven't listened before, Jason has three boys. And um, and really, he warms my wife and our heart. We're older people. And when we see him playing with his kids, and we see it a lot, you know, I mean, you're coming by on a snowmobile, dragging them behind on tubes. tubes. <laughs> uh, and my wife will see that, and she'll go, I think all of them are out there. Yeah. Yeah, they probably are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, that's kind of the fun stuff. You know, I mean, they they come home and you figure out what to do that's goofy and they're boys and it's wonderful. Yep. Um, uh, you probably don't see it because we're working out in the gym and, and Linda will always wave to him. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm behind a wall.
0: You stare at a wall. I'm staring <laughs> at a wall. So I don't see
1: them, uh, but she does. And, and it warms her heart to see uh, a parent just kind of playing with their kids. Yeah. But with three boys, I mean, you're teaching them right now. Yeah. There's this legitimate fear. There's an illegitimate fear. Yeah. You know, I mean, how do you teach that? Because that's an important skill right there. You, you can be fearful and do things.
2: Right.
0: And I think, I think it's, it's setting up a healthy atmosphere too, because like you said, there's, there's good fear and there's bad fear, you know, and I think some of us even have the fear of failure, you know, and I think it starts with something so simple. And so even that, that's something that, that my wife and I are learning, especially as our oldest is eight, There's certain things that we want him to, to give him the freedom to start trying, knowing that he probably will. Not do it perfectly or might fail at it. Absolutely. But we want to do that intentionally because we want them to be able to make those choices to do things, knowing that, you know what, when you do fail sometimes, it's not always bad. Right. You know, there's a healthy way. You know, that way in life, when, when you not, when you strive out to do things and, and things don't work out, it doesn't, you know, put you in a hole and say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. It's like, all right, how do I learn from this? Right. How do I change, the, you know, whatever it is so I can do it right? And I think that's, that's almost the atmosphere that we need to think of. And, and even as adults, you know, I'm sure there's certain situations in our past where it's like, oh, I probably could have done that differently or there may be regrets because we make mistakes. And, and you have a choice. You could either allow that regret to drive the fear to keep you from changing or you can decide today to embrace this idea of living without regrets and say, all right, God, what are the areas in my life where I've been listening to unhealthy fear. right? And, and I think depending on the stage of life, it's just different, you know, levels of, of intricacy situations, I would say, you know, yep. I mean, obviously an eight-year-old is going to face different situations than even a college student coming out of college and going into life versus, you know, starting a family versus, you know, being a, a old geezer like yourself, right. you right. know. For right. lack of a better term, you know, I'm just, sure. I'm just poking the bear. Wrinkle voice. You know, but depending on uh, depending on, on their situation life, I think you can always make a cognitive effort, you know, and to say, you know what, even though I might not have done it in the past, I want to live with no regrets now. Right. And and it's it's like you said, Dave, there's always fear. Satan will use fear to try to keep us from God. Right. That's unhealthy fear. Yep. And then there's the the practical fear that we should have mindfulness of. You know, like, I mean, something as simple as that's a rattlesnake, right. you know, or that's a cliff on the Grand Canyon. Yeah. You know, some, you, you some don't of get you, close. and some of you would be like, oh, I'll be right on the edge. No. OK, let's let's common yeah. sense, you know, and, and, and there is, you know, sort of things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and likewise, even when I give my son the freedom to make choices. You know, there's a healthy fear of knowing I'm not going to put him in a situation where he's actually afraid of something. Right. That he shouldn't be afraid of.
1: Or you're you're going to correct a stupid fear. Right. For example, if they get in the car and and you say, you know what, we're not that afraid somebody's going to hit us. Maybe at school they had all these movies about car accidents and now they don't want to drive. Right. Okay, let's go. Uh, And now, you know, they want four seatbelts. Yeah. And so now you got to talk them through this.
0: Oh, to, and what absolutely. faith
1: looks like and what right you know, I, or other even at or even point.
0: going downstairs right to grab something by themselves it's right. like all right what 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 is it that doesn't want you to do that are you afraid of the dark what are you afraid of and and engaging in that because you the, the one thing i've noticed with young kids is is the simplest things there's a fear that starts somewhere oh yeah you know and and we can all think of it like i remember we had a two story home back in the day and for some reason Sometimes going upstairs by myself, I'm like, I don't want to do that. Right. You know, and and it's just a natural thing that develops. And so that's where I would encourage you to to engage those things. That way, as your children grow older, they can assess, all right, is this a, why am I afraid and how, how can I make a decision in light of the fear that I'm experiencing? Is it a healthy fear or is it something that I need to trust in God more? And I think those simple things will help lay the foundation to live with no regrets.
1: Yep. And that's the reason God created older people in younger people's lives, oh, absolutely, because basically, you know still some of the soundest advice I got from my dad was just these one liners, yeah, you know, Dad, you know I'm want to move up to camp, quit our jobs, and well, what's the worst that can happen? You could fail, yeah, yeah, then you're poor, so right. I guess it isn't that bad, huh? I'm thinking my whole life will be ruined.
2: Right. <laughs> you know, and,
1: <laughs> but it's and, all
0: perspectives. Yeah, and time. his
1: attitude is, "So you'll be poor." Yeah. Uh, you'll get over that. Yep. You know, what I mean, it's like, oh yeah, that isn't that big of a risk, is it? Mm-hmm. If everything goes south, I got to go work somewhere else. I guess. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's a no regrets thing right there. It's yep. not like okay, and for me, it worked. Yeah. You know, so I, I still look back on that moment. That advice may not have been. Oh, it'll work for sure. Mm-hmm. The advice was: if you fail, you'll be poor. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. Yep. And I thought my dad doesn't even consider that bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, I shouldn't either consider that bad. Right. And uh, so it was great. I mean, and my wife thought the same way. So it was like, okay, here's two people that say, I guess if we made all the wrong choices, we'll be poor. Mm-hmm. But we still followed what we thought we should. Absolutely and now I have no regrets for it. Yeah. And and that's all we're saying to young people that are behind us. There there's other things. I mean there's habits you gotta teach kids. So for example, my dad would come to me years ago, Camp You know, when you came, it was only summer when you came? Or we're we already year round. You're already, yeah, you're Okay. Around. Well there's I'm not time, that old. There was a yeah, I don't even remember. Eight, you know, oh yeah, you were born you start, after was, we started in eighty one. Never mind. I was I know. born in eighty five and moved here in eighty one. Got it. <laughs> Yeah, now I remember you're born the same year one of my daughters, so I, I get it. Uh, but the what was interesting, my dad would come to me our only summer. I'm still in high school or just in college. And, and uh, before the summer or December, January, sometime, he would come and say, I don't know who's going to do this, so why don't you do it? Yeah. At camp this summer, whether it be head lifeguard or run the stables, it didn't really matter what it was. He just said, You got enough time to learn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And one year he comes to me and says, I need you to run the stables. We don't have anyone to do it. I think, Dad, I grew up in Chicago. I thought milk came out of a refrigerator. <laughs> uh, you, you know, you want me to run what? Yeah. Uh, you know, how hard can it be? Okay, I, I guess so. And I liked riding, I liked horses. He knew that. Yeah. And I would ride up here and stuff, but I don't think I you know, I grew up in Chicago. I didn't take care of horses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, w- what I learned was how are you going to learn if you don't do it? It can't be that hard. Yeah. And I thought, okay, now if I tell that to a horse person today, they hit the scene it can't be that hard. It, honestly, you feed them. You make sure they have the medicine they need and you train them. I, I, it's not that hard. Yeah, well, there's a lot of them. Okay, I understand. It's responsible. They never go away. It's not like you, know, like you shut them down at five and come back in the morning. I understand that. So, yes, it is hard like anything else in life. But what I found is I, I had to come up and address the fear. So I went to farmers first. Yeah. I said, how do you feed these? And I I got all these lessons from these old farmers that were great. Mm-hmm. I went to old farmers and from then on. Yeah. And I basically said, okay, I got horses that have some saddle sores. What would you do? Oh, you do this. You know, and I did it. Yeah. Before you know it, I'm breaking horses. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm teaching them what to do, these horses, because... I would go to people and ask them, and and they would tell me the limits. Yeah, they'd say do this, do this, but don't do that. Now, all of a sudden, my fears, as much as they were there and probably legitimate to a certain degree, they were calmed, mm-hmm. and I stayed in the realm of reasonable fear. Yeah, if I would be responsible. Yep. To this day, I could run those stables. I could take care of those horses. Yeah. Now. Yes, uh, people do it a whole different way than I used to. You used to just sit on the horse and say, when you get tired of bucking, I broke you. Mm -hmm. Of course, I liked it. I was one of those guys that liked the horse bucking so I could play with it. Sure. Uh, But in the end, it would stop bucking because it couldn't get rid of you, so you had to learn how to do that. Yeah. I didn't know how to teach other people to ride, so I made it up, and I went to business. I hate teaching them to ride. Well, you do this, this, and I think, that's too hard for a kid. I'm up there for one week. yeah. So I devised a method. I I would put a piece of paper on the saddle between them and the seat, and I would say, "Don't let the paper slip out." Yeah. Boy, I taught more people to ride well that way, because what they did is learn to be one with the horse. Yeah. Whether trotting or anything, they learned to be one. If they lost the paper, I would go pick it up and put it back on. Yeah. And say, "Try and keep that paper in place. Don't, don't. You know." My goal was, how can I teach them to be one with this animal when they're riding so they're not bouncing all over the place and they don't feel out of control. Mm -hmm. They gotta pick up a rhythm because every horse has a rhythm. That's what I understood. Yeah. What I'm saying is, at the beginning, there's these all kinds, there's these fears. By the middle of it, you're going, okay, I still don't do certain things because I'm fearful of it and maybe rightfully so because I don't know how to do it and these are heavy animals that could hurt you. Yeah but i went to the experts and i learned what i should do and what i shouldn't do and i'm trying to stay in that realm um i eventually even got to the point where i trimmed all their hooves mm-hmm. and took care of all that and i thought you know what this is nuts for a kid growing up in chicago but i basically went and asked guys how to do it yeah and they would say don't do this just don't do this because you do this, this is what's going to happen Okay, I'm going to listen to the guy that knows. I'm going to fear what I should fear. I'm not going to fear. Even though there were times, honestly, um, Jason, when I would go try and break a new horse, I was shaking getting on it. Mm. So I was thinking, this horse is going to kill me. Yeah. However, I was doing what an old rodeo guy taught me to do and how to do it in a way that was safe. Yeah. And I was listening to him, and he basically was very successful at rodeo. Yeah. So I thought, okay, if I do that... I probably will live, (laughs) you know, and I'm still here to talk about. So I I did. And, and I think those are, I look back at that now and I think that helped form who I am Yeah. because my dad wasn't afraid to say, you don't know what you're doing. I wasn't afraid to address the fears with the right people. Right. If I went in there and didn't ask anybody and acted like I knew what I was doing, trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. But you get the right people around you, you can do it.
0: Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask for help, you right. know, because I think that's that's how God designed it to be, is that we can learn from the people around us. That's why it's always important to have people older than you and younger than you, yep. because you can learn what's already been learned by somebody older than you, and then you can even turn around and teach it to somebody younger than you. I
1: and depend on eight-year-olds to help me with the computer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but unfortunately, we're out of time here on Younger and Older. I encourage you to head over to org to re-listen to this podcast or... Download some other episodes, but for Jason, Dave on Younger and Older, take care. See you next time. Bye-bye.